We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host. And uh, joining me today is my good friend, Alex. Alex, what's up, man? How are you doing this morning? Doing good. Been uh, watching some soccer this morning, and uh, I saw France was playing. Did they win, or is it still going on? Yeah, France won because Kylian Mbappe was a freak. But more importantly, we tied with the fraud nation that is known as England, who we are better at in their best sport. <laughs> I thought that uh, I thought that we actually had a few chances of winning that yeah. game. So I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I was not uh, you know expecting much, like I said. But uh, you know, I thought uh, Pulisic and company played pretty well yesterday, for sure. So obviously Tyler is not here uh, this morning. He is uh, about to take a COVID test, as he said in the chat here. So uh, hoping he's feeling better today. Hoping that he gets a, a negative test. But uh, we'll be just Alex and I holding down the fort today. Uh, going over our final thoughts ahead of the uh, Chargers Week 12 matchup with the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll uh, start first and foremost uh, discussing official injury report status. We'll start on the Cardinals side um, because Kyler Murray is going to play this week. Uh, that was kind of the thought process when we recorded on Wednesday. That, of course, officially you know uh, progressed throughout the week. Uh, and then the other big return for the Cardinals is that they will get Hollywood Brown uh, back so this will be the first game the Cardinals have played with Kyler DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown all on the field at the same time uh, so Alex what's kind of your thought process as we get to watch this team not only have to worry about DeAndre Hopkins but also the return of Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray 
uh very chargers thing for this to be the week that they all finally return um considering right. the state of the secondary right now but you know it's kind of a wait and see for me because in terms of kyler like how much is he going to be willing to sort of push it on that hamstring use his athleticism to his fullest extent i still think there's a lot to be seen there and hollywood brown obviously coming back from his injury um you know what percentage he at probably a little bit closer to 100 than i think kyler is but i mean that could kind of go either way really i i think what scares you here is hollywood brown and deandre hopkins obviously together um so yeah yeah i'm curious to see if hollywood brown is on a snap count first and foremost because this would be his again first game back we'll see how this goes but you know he's just going to open up much more space for hopkins and um, you know, with his ability to stretch the field. So the matchups in the secondary are a little bit unclear this week. Obviously, Hollywood Brown does a, a good amount of his work in the slot. So I assume we'll see uh, Bryce Callahan, Asante Samuel on him, and then Michael Davis banged up as well, which get, we'll get to in a second. But um, it really is classic, man. The, the Cardinals getting healthier right as they play the Chargers. And, you know, to be fair, you know, they did lose Zach Ertz uh, and DJ Humphreys, their left tackle, is not playing and. Ronda Moore and Byron Murphy are also not playing. So um, they get Kyler back. They get Marquise Hollywood Brown back. But in the, they, all are, they are losing some of their key players as well this week. For sure. And I'll, I'll be curious just to see, you know, it, it's great that they are getting their receivers back. But this is also one of the worst offensive lines in the league right now. Um, so just seeing how they process that this week, you know, the Chargers pass rush hasn't been great, but this could be a great bounce back game for Khalil Mack, great opportunity there. And also what is their run game? Cause obviously they fired the right. run game coordinator after the incident in Mexico. And now, you know, their run block rate, I think they're bottom five, uh, in the league in terms of run blocking. So, uh, this is a game where I, I think. More so than DeAndre Hopkins and, um, you know, some of these other things. I think that that kind of determines the game for the Cardinals, because if they are able to establish the run on top of the other stuff, then that makes their offense a whole lot easier. If not, then it might be hard to get the ball downfield to DeAndre Hopkins uh, and Hollywood Brown, too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, the the general curiosity for me is how does Brandon State kind of approach this one? Because we saw him try and heat up Patrick Mahomes pretty early and often last week. Um, and, and some of that is due to just them trusting their man coverage ability against the, the Chiefs receivers. It, does that same approach apply this week? Because I think trying to heat up Kyler Murray coming off of the hamstring injury, I think makes sense in a vacuum. But can you trust Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr. to hold up in man coverage this week against DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Hollywood Brown? So it's just going to be a curious aspect. And, you know, whether we see Derwin James get some reps against, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is another interesting wrinkle that Brandon Staley could throw into into this conversation. So I'm um, just really curious to see how Brandon Staley plays this. If he's aggressive from a blitz standpoint early, I think that could really benefit the Chargers. But at the same time, you know, that could backfire as well. So uh, there's definitely going to be a balance that he's going to have to uh, employ this week in regard to blitzing Kyler Murray this week. Right. Um, it's sort of a if you do get b back there and you sack Kyler Murray or you're just constantly applying pressure to him, then, you know, that could work well in your favor. And maybe Kyler Murray falls into a sack or just like, his, you know, the hamstring injury really starts to get to him. 
but Kyler Murray can also run around and exhaust your defense with tw- plays that last 20 seconds right. long too, right? right. In, like in the Raiders game from earlier this year. So, um, you know, there, there's kind of a pick your poison type element there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'll see how that one goes. We'll obviously have to monitor that one. In terms of the Chargers injuries, um, Mike Williams officially declared out. He didn't practice at all this week. Um, Brandon Staley said yesterday that they ultimately decided that they felt like it was better just to rest him and then see where he's at next week. And then uh, Nasir Adderley uh, is doubtful. It doesn't sound like he's going to play doubtful with a thumb injury. Um, he did practice Wednesday and Thursday and then apparently just did not react well this week. So, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit more about Mike Williams already in his potential absence on Wednesday, but uh, Nasir Adderley, that's the interesting one to talk about here. He hasn't really particularly been playing super well. Um, at the same time, it's not like the Chargers have great depth behind him in Alohi Gilman and JT Woods. Uh, sounds like they're going to elevate Raheem Lane this week as well. We'll see if he he plays all that much. But uh, any expectations for Alohi Gilman and JT Woods in Nasir Adderley's absence this week? I mean, Alohi Gilman has shown a great ability to get quarterbacks to throw him inexplicable uh, interceptions. <laughs> here. If you go back to Jacoby Brissett, so maybe he works some of that same magic on Kyler Murray. Um, he's weirdly not... been like a turnover yeah. magnet. Like he's always yeah. the one to like get the weird interceptions and the fumble recoveries. I don't know what it is about him, but he yeah. always seems to be in the right position in that regard. Yeah, I think that Adderley's weaknesses as a tackler in particular just have really shown this year just not as instinctive in coverage as I think he has been in sort of when he's been at his best in previous seasons so you know I I don't you know debatable as to whether like this injury is like an injury injury that's holding him out we have also seen that the Chargers bench this year at early uh early this year uh in that very same Browns game right so Mm -hmm. uh you know I don't I, I don't know if Gilman or you know putting in Raheem Lane like or any of these solutions are going to fix the safety unit but it kind of can't get worse, right, right, than what Nasir Adderley is giving you right now. So if you try to find a spark or if Alohi Gilman forces like one, you know, turnover, kind of makes the, you know, move all worth it in the end. Yeah, Nasir Adderley's regression has really been frustrating to watch because I thought he was genuinely really, really solid for this team last year. Um, you know, somebody that I felt like was making an impact against the run. I thought that his ability as a blitzer, his ability to cover people was was showing up consistently last year. And then this season, we just haven't really seen that same player except for maybe, you know, some glimpses here or there. So um, it's been really frustrating to watch, you know, in a contract year, you, you obviously hope that a player like him is, is able to really kind of string a good season together after having a good season last year. So um, I'm mildly excited for JT Woods. I thought that he had some good reps the last couple of weeks. Again, he's only played 19 snaps this season and he hasn't really been tested. Um, but he had a couple of really good reps, uh, where he, you know, kind of made good reads and deep coverage against, uh, the chiefs on Sunday night. So, uh, obviously I hope that he's able to, uh, make these reads the proper way and obviously trigger and make the tackles. We'll see what happens, but um, you know, he, they drafted him for a reason and this is the time for them to, to get him out there and develop him and see if he really can be the, the piece that we've always kind of wanted them to find next to Derwin James. And, uh, you know, we'll see what kind of happens here. It doesn't sound like he's going to start. Sounds like Elohi Gilman is going to get the start, but I would expect we see JT Woods play elite, like around 30, 35 snaps based off of how they've kind of used, you know, that third safety in the past. 
Yeah, and I think both of these moves combined, we just sort of talked about Alohi Gilman being around interceptions. Tyler mentioned uh, recovering the fumble uh, last week in the chat, which I kind of forgot about. But, you know, you also just like, if you have JT Woods out there, um, you know, that's probably like a a better chance statistically to get a turnover. Now, JT Woods may also get like burnt, (laughs) like pretty bad in coverage on a certain play. But with that ball hawk nature, with that speed they're looking for, um, I, I just think he fits that uh, better than Nasir Adderley does right now uh, in terms of just trying to create turnovers. And Nasir Adderley has never really been a turnover machine himself uh, in that regard or like kind of great playing around the ball. So I'll be curious to see how the Chargers just utilize them both going forward, what the snap counts end up being. Um, and if there's any, you know, incremental progress, especially for JT Woods, given this week. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of other Chargers injuries, I know there was a little bit of a concern with J.K. Scott. He is going to play, did not have an injury designation uh, at all heading into the game. So that's obviously good news. The Chargers did work out. uh, I think it was four punters this week just in case they needed to, but um, nothing there for J.K. Scott. Um, Really, and then other than that, there wasn't a a ton of other injury designations. So um, Keenan Allen, full participant all week. Uh, Bryce Callahan and Michael Davis were limited, but both will play. Kenneth Murray, full participant all week. Trey Pipkins, full participant all week. Um, so mostly good news on the Chargers front in terms of injuries. Uh, and I think, you know, one of the underrated aspects this week is that they will get Joshua Kelly back. Uh, so we should find out in the next hour or two kind of what the Chargers do in response to activating Joshua Kelly. But that is uh, that is a return that I'm really excited for to kind of you know, stabilize the Chargers rushing attack behind Austin Eckler uh, going forward for the rest of the season. D- Dustin Hopkins got officially placed on IR, right? So he's done yeah. for the next four weeks. Um, yeah, yeah, that so. happened on uh, that happened on Tuesday. So Tuesday, okay, that was yeah. so that was unfortunate. But uh, we did see Cameron Dicker start selling Dicker for kicker shirt <laughs> last night. Um, yeah. So I mean, interesting development in the kicker battle that it'll probably go into next off season too. Um, someone also pointed out Dicker punted in Texas in an emergency situation. So I guess that is what the Chargers could do there if they have problems uh, with J.K. Scott. But overall, I mean, probably like aside from the Mike Williams thing, the best Chargers injury report since Mike Williams came back against the Chiefs. Like this is overall like a pretty good week for them. Um, obviously, wish you still had some of the depth on the interior that went down earlier this year, but. For what this game is, I, I feel like the Chargers are in a pretty good position in this one, although I'd like to have Mike Williams back, but um, that is what it is. Yeah, uh, I, I would obviously hope Mike Williams comes back. So that that situation kind of feels like it's more of a 50-50 chance next week. Um, you know, like Brandon Stady said, we'll kind of have to wait and see how he progresses with uh, practicing next week. But, you know, we'll get there. Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So. Uh, Jacob Burium also pointing out that Cameron Dicker's jersey is for sale on the Chargers website too. I actually was looking at that and I think it's like the 10th most popular jersey on the Chargers website right now. So I don't know if that's just Texas Texas fans going crazy for their guy or what, but uh, Dicker the kicker getting some uh, good merch, uh, you know, out there and then his jersey getting pretty popular too. What is the rule on why he's allowed to wear Jalen Guyton's number because I didn't know if like special teams was different in that. Uh, but yeah, I didn't know if they were both allowed to wear 15 or what the deal is with that. Yeah. I, I guess if you're on injured reserve, you're technically not on the roster. Hmm. So 
I don't know. I uh, interesting. I also didn't know this, but after they cut him, Joe Reed changed his number from 12 to 80 because then uh, what's his name? Bertolette was wearing 12 and I was like, oh, that's weird. Why is he yeah. wearing Joe Reed's number? And then uh, so I don't know. Yeah, weird number changes. But that's the only thing that I've like being able to see with Cameron Dicker wearing 15. Like does if Jalen Guyton comes back next year and he signs a new contract with Chargers, <laughs> does like he have to pay Dicker to get the number back? Like, <laughs> I'm just thinking of ridiculous scenarios. Man. But um, yeah, so yeah, as Thomas points out, I, I don't know if Guyton got his number jacked or not. <laughs> that would suck, man. You come back and you're like, hey, man, can I get my number back? And he's like, sorry, I'm Dicker the kicker. Sorry, you got to be 86 now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess he could wear like 14 or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, is what it is. All right. We'll get to uh, some of our final thoughts here uh, on the Chargers matchup with the Cardinals. And then obviously we'll take some uh, questions before we head out for today. Um, so, Alex, in general, where's your head at heading into this matchup tomorrow? Um, it's in a pretty good place, all things considered. I mean, I know a lot of people, um, were down after the chiefs game and so, so was I, I mean, that was a game that the chargers should have won. Um, but overall, like this is a matchup that I think the chargers are very winnable in and, you know, you sort of boil it down. It's like, well, both of these teams kind of have bad defenses right now. Uh, both of these teams, you know, just don't, or just aren't completely there yet health wise or have some other issues uh, around them in terms of coaching. So in that sort of scenario, you sort of just take Justin Herbert over an injured Kyler Murray. Right. And obviously the, the Cardinals receivers and Hollywood Brown coming back adds to that for them as well um, in terms of giving Arizona some kind of edge. Um, but the Chargers have just done pretty well against teams that, um, have let them run the ball, right? We saw the Houston game earlier this year, which is sort of where the Chargers found their offensive groove again. And then the Browns game where the Chargers were able to really run all over the Browns. Um, and in contrast to both of those games, the Cardinals aren't producing much of a run game right now uh, and are really bad as a run blocking team. So I, I think that while the Chargers do, while the Chargers have some weaknesses that can be sort of excised by this Cardinals team, I don't know if the Cardinals have the facilities to do that right now completely really are not a threat to run on the chargers much at all. And then you have Kyler's health up in the air in terms of how he'll perform in this game. In addition to coaching, um, I don't really think they have an advantage with Cliff Kingsbury over Brandon Staley, like Andy Reid over Brandon Staley. Uh, so yeah, in this kind of game, I, I do favor the chargers and I'm pretty bullish on them to win this game. Uh, I'll say chargers win 27, 20. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a very similar spot here. I don't think the chart or the Cardinals, excuse me, uh, man, the two the two C teams are just like it's messing with my brain right now. Um, but I I don't think the Cardinals do enough things well to really make me feel bad about this matchup. So, like I said on Wednesday, I think the Cardinals are an explosive play team. They re they're very reliant on the high variation plays, as Arjun always likes to talk about. Um, you know, they're always relying on Kyler kind of escaping and uh, making these great plays. And, and sometimes that works for them. Right. And, you know, they're relying on turnovers. They're reliant on, you know, getting these high sack rates and things like that on a defensive perspective. So we've seen for the most part, the Chargers have done a great job last few weeks of limiting mistakes on offense, as well as kind of, you know, not necessarily getting torched on the explosive plays. So actually made a pretty good adjustment in that regard 
Um, so the Cardinals don't have a great run game. Their offensive line, like you mentioned, is not fantastic. This isn't like the Chiefs who have a great offensive line or the Niners who have a great offensive line and great rushing attack and great running back. So um, this really is going to come down to can the Chargers, you know, put a roof on top of the Cardinals offense and can they protect Justin Herbert consistently enough to uh, let him do his thing back there? So I, I think ultimately that is the case. I think the Chargers are going to play a pretty good game in, in this matchup. Uh, looks like Tyler has the Chargers winning 30 to 27. You said 27 to 20. So I, I'm, I'm in a similar vein. I do expect the Chargers to, to go into Arizona and win um, for whatever reason this coaching staff and this team has really been able to respond when their backs are against the wall and i think that's what is happening is going to happen this week and going forward so i do think the chargers win and i will say uh i'll say 31 to 24 so i do think they win by a touchdown like you do um covering the spread and uh getting a pretty pretty nice win in arizona on sunday afternoon yeah, um, definitely a game that could go either way. I also would be surprised if we're doing a post-game podcast. And, well, they lost 38-10 to the Jaguars. So, I mean, Kyler Murray <laughs> and Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins going off wouldn't be terribly surprising, uh, especially just the game that's on the road for the Chargers. But I, I do think there is a bit of a sting for last week uh, and just wanting to come out there. And the Chargers, at the end of the day, have the requisite offensive pieces now compared to previous weeks to you know like the san francisco game for example uh to be able to come out or in contrast with the san francisco game i should say to be able to come out there and you know at least put up you know 24 to 30 points like that that is what this game should be with the state of this cardinals defense so i just trust justin herbert more in a shootout over kyler murray right now um obviously depending on how the chargers decide to play defense uh those things could change throughout the game but uh, that's sort of where my head's at in terms of picking this game yeah, and I mean, them not having Byron Murphy is is a big deal as well because that means that Keenan or Josh Palmer are going to have an advantage on the outside or whoever is not going against Marco Wilson. So, um, you know, Keenan being back, Joshua Kelly coming back, Gerald Everett being back, I think this is a really good spot for the Chargers offense, and I do expect them to put up some points. Hopefully, the, some of those points come in the third quarter because uh, as Daniel Wade from Locked On pointed out, they have not scored in the third quarter in quite some time. And uh, that trend hopefully comes to an end uh, tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Need a little bit of uh, that warrior's energy tomorrow, as opposed to whatever the chargers are doing in the third quarter. <laughs> I said the other day, like I, I I'm not even to the point where I'm like expecting a complete four quarters. I just like, I would like to see like three, like three good quarters of offense would be fun um instead of just like two and then like two drives in the second half so uh hey man i'll take like half of a third quarter and half of the fourth quarter like that would be really cool um just don't get like completely torched in the third quarter that'd be awesome give me 75 cents on the dollar and like one <laughs> generational herbert drive and we're good i guess yeah absolutely um hey man two field goals in the third quarter i'll take it any day of the week right now we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, yep. All right, so we'll uh, we'll take some questions today. Again, a bit of a quicker show this afternoon. Obviously, Tyler uh, is not here to record with us, so um, we'll, we will take some questions. Obviously, if you guys feel so inclined to use the super chat feature, that would be uh, greatly appreciated. Always is, um, and uh, yeah. So feel free to let them rip if you have any food questions, any football questions, any soccer questions, Philadelphia questions, Utah questions. Hit us up right now. Uh, someone asked uh, OSU or Michigan earlier since the game is going on right now. And I, uh, Tyler's rooting for Ohio State. I am rooting for the team that did not employ Urban Meyer. <laughs> uh, heading into today, I felt like Michigan probably was the better team. Um, I think last I checked, it was 10 to 3. So. It's 10 10 currently. I just Googled it because I was curious. All right, there you go. So uh, I am curious to see what the college football playoff committee does do if uh you know both of those teams make the playoff i feel like there's a good chance that that happens but uh you know we'll see what happens with usc today if they're able to beat notre dame or not yeah um that's gonna be good kind of georgia in a close 10-7 game at halftime with uh, georgia tech so also one to watch i guess uh reality check wants to know are we beating iran on tuesday i don't know a ton about iran i I heard that they beat wales which was kind of a a surprise to me like i said i'm not a huge soccer guy Mm -hmm. but i will watch the game uh any thoughts here on uh tuesday that was a tuesday morning again yeah well wales's goalie uh got red carded so then wales was playing 10 Uh on 10 on 11 against iran so yeah they sort of got um really tired in that game and then the second goal like iran just kind of clobbered him um so i think usa still beats iran um and you know all they can ask for is the destiny is in their own hands so you know that was important with the draw against england so yeah i'm excited to see uh maybe they can get to the what's the i know this is the group stage what's the next what's the next round part of, of it 60. called round of 60 and then quarterfinals semifinals yeah like that kind of format well We'll see if they can uh, make some noise. Um, Xerox three ten says he's feeling a Gerald Everett touchdown tomorrow. I think that could. I think that would checks out. I mean, they there are times where you watch the film where Trey McKitty or Richard Rogers are open and Justin just like does not trust them at all. <laughs> so yeah. I think Gerald Everett coming back is a big deal. It really is. I mean, he's not a great tight end by any means, but. Um, there's clearly a, a, a void from the tight end room right now. So I would not be surprised at all if Gerald Everett has a big game tomorrow. I don't even know if I want a Gerald Everett touchdown. Just please have him on the field for as many snaps <laughs> as he's willing to give because Trey McKitty, no. Uh, like you just need to have uh, Gerald Everett there. And it, it, his loss was just felt uh, in the Chiefs game, unfortunately. And I, I would go as far as to say they maybe win that Chiefs game um, if Gerald Everett's there. 
uh, just with the effect yeah. that that loss had on the offense. Yeah, I would, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, Eddie G wants to know if we draft a tight end next year, Darnell Washington or Dalton Kincaid or both. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Dalton Kincaid is one of my guys. I love him. Uh, you know, he's going to be perceived as like a smaller tight end who's who's not a super complete tight end. He's a great run blocking tight end as well. You know, Utah uses him as a true inline tight end. So I think he would be a great fit. You know, they haven't really replaced Hunter Henry uh, ever since he left. And I think Dalton Kincaid is, is as close as that gets. You know, he's probably more in line with where they could draft a tight end. But I mean, Darnell Washington is a freaking unicorn, man. I mean, he's like 6'7", 275, runs like a 4'5". So uh, I'm I'm going to be very tempted to to push some Darnell Washington uh, hype in, in the offseason when we get to that point. But at the same time, like drafting a tight end in the first round, probably not where this team is at right now. Going to be completely honest with you, I only know who Dalton Kincaid is because Stephen posts about him on Twitter, and I have no idea who Darnell Washington is because that's the I have watched very little college football this year. So he's the Georgia tight end. Uh, okay. He's oh, three. is he the guy that had the big game against uh, Oregon? Was it uh, Oregon, Oregon? So they have they have like a receiving tight end, Brock Bowers, who's like really fantastic. Oh. Uh, Darnell Washington is is like you know their version of like donald parham like he's he doesn't touch the ball a lot but he's a just um beast of a blocker great red zone threat so uh he's just an athletic unicorn i don't think you draft him because he's like a great receiver but right you can develop in, into that kind of thing very very similar conversation to how like oj howard was probably perceived heading into his draft obviously hoping that he, his career pans out better than oj howard's does yeah Why did Tyler say boo Alex? Oh, I don't know. I think we were talking about soccer for too long and then he just booed. Thomas wants to know, do you think this week they finally let Digger try a 50 plus field goal and see what he's got? Seems like every week so far, they've progressively given him tougher kicks. Um, I think we could, you know, I think he absolutely has the, the leg to, to hit from 50 plus. Um, you know, I think he had his career long at Texas was like 57 or 58. Um, I think Thomas would, would know that off the top of his head as well. So, um, like I said, I've been really impressed with Dick, with Cameron Dicker so far this season. Um, you know, I do think he has the leg to hit from 50 plus just kind of depends on the situation as well, where they're at and field position wise, and if they're going to go for on fourth down or not. So, um, that's another thing that I hope really kind of comes to fruition this week is Staley going for it more on fourth downs. If there are many of those opportunities this week yeah it de- depends so much on the game script i think because dicker i mean has the leg to boot from like 50 I, d- I don't know if that's anyone's like concern but yeah you know also if you do want to see the fourth down play calling rebound then like maybe the chargers if they're in that deep in arizona territory they go for it a little bit more often um you know considering the state of the chargers defense right now but yeah, all depends on, you know, if it's, hey, like this is expiring before halftime, like let's try to get some points on the board, then, you know, maybe they do. Um, but I also don't think you'll see the Chargers intentionally try to break, you know, Michael Badgley's 59-yard record. <laughs> I don't, don't think right. that's going to happen either. Yeah. I still can't believe that Badgley is the one who holds the record for longest. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, well, especially after this Thanksgiving when uh, <laughs> who was the announcer that jinxed him on Fox? Jim Nance. Um, yeah. Or, or no, yeah, it was the CBS game. Yeah, Nance. 
uh, jinxing him and then Romo going into break with that. So that was funny. Yeah. Don't even talk to me about kicker. Uh, don't even talk to me about announcer jinxes. This guy is perfect. <laughs> Shank. Yeah. <It's> <laughs> Uh, reality check wants to know, is it black Monday for Staley if they lose on Sunday? No, they're not firing him mid season. No, I, th- I, I think at minimum they give him the full season as well. All right. Uh, We kind of already talked about this. Adrian Scott wants to know if we think having Nas, not having Nas out there ultimately hurts us. Um, Rather neutral on it. I mean, I think it helps them just from like a tackling physicality standpoint. Like I think there will be fewer mistakes, but also, you know, I think you optimally want Nas when he's at his best out there. Nas just, I think the second half of the season in particular um, so far just has not really had it, unfortunately. And you saw that all over the tape in the Kansas City game. Um, So I guess it's a net positive if you're just talking about how Nas is playing right now. But obviously, you know, you would have just hoped, you know, considering where they drafted Nas and what the expectations were for him, it's it's not good that it's going this way. Um, But uh, I guess just specifically this game, probably a net positive. Yeah, I think with the way he's been playing, I think it is a net positive, which, you know, there was a a good amount of training camp hype around Nas that he was taking that next step as a leader, as a communicator. And, you know, for the most, for like the first half of training camp when Derwin was still kind of negotiating his contract, it was all Nasir Adderley back there. So it's just been really disappointing to watch, but I do think it is a net positive uh, this week. Um, Alpha Man 2-7, who makes the postseason two of three Patriots, Jets, Chargers, or Bengals? Um, it feels like at this point we can safely say that five teams in the AFC are, are locks in the playoffs. Um, obviously, you have the Chiefs, the Titans, um, the Bills, and the Dolphins, and then also the – I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, the, the Ravens. Those are kind of the, mm-hmm. the five locks right now. I think we're getting close to the point where the Bengals are also going to be considered a lock. Um, I feel like they're kind of a step ahead of those other three teams. Yeah. How are you kind of viewing the Bengals right now? Uh, they get Jamar Chase back, then they're 100% making the playoffs. Um, and I think that is he back in, tomorrow? No, uh, I think they said he's out tomorrow, okay. but he should be back then the next week, uh, I assume. So, I mean, they get him back, then I think the Bengals are the sixth seed at that point. But again, they could flip flop with, um, or no, Bengals would be the fifth. Where are they right now? Uh, right now, the Bengals are seven, I think. Okay, so they're the seventh seed, but yeah, I mean. I think by the end of the season, like considering their schedule and like their room for growth, as opposed to like the Patriots and like the Jets and some of these other teams, um, I think the Bengals can climb up pretty high and get back to that fifth seed potentially. Uh, <laughs> Jets really depends on the quarterback, man, because I mean, if, if Mike White can like ball out for a few games, I mean, really, I, I don't even know if they need like great performances in the quarterback. They just need better than Zach, what Zach Wilson is giving them. <laughs> Um, just need not not terrible. Yeah, I mean honestly, because their defense is really solid, really well coached by Robert Sala. Sauce Gardner is your defensive rookie of the year. Uh, like, I mean, they just have a great group there. So if Mike White can at least just game manage and like you know get them to be able to you know have a few successful games like running the ball here and there, the Jets are probably good enough to make the playoffs. Um, same with. I mean, a similar concept, I guess, with Patriots and having Matt Patricia coach their offense um, <laughs> because the Patriots defense is really good. 
um, you know, despite all the pieces they lost. If you put a gun to my head, I'll probably say two of three. If we're assuming Bengals are one of those teams, wait, we said uh, we assumed Bills are one of the wild card teams too, uh, or the Dolphins are going to be one of those. Yeah, I'll say wild card teams. Bills, Bengals, Patriots, if you made me choose right now. Wow. I I, I feel the opposite about the Patriots because, I mean, their schedule is pretty difficult. I don't trust their offense. I probably trust their offense a little less than the Jets, I guess. But, you know, we'll see. The next four games obviously are, are you know, hopefully we get some clarity there. But Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think the Chargers can be in that group too. But just right now – like one game lead in there and the chargers can get that back this week. And then suddenly, you know, they're in the playoff picture. Um, yeah. I mean, the AFC East teams could have the potential to beat up on each other and then the chargers get in like, that's also right. a very good possibility here. Um, but yeah, right now I just think the Patriots are playing like the better coach team. Um, and that's sort of a betting on Belichick over Staley thing, I guess too. But then there's also Herbert factor. Yeah. I just, I have a really hard time picturing four teams from the AFC East all getting in. So uh, there might like be four said. teams from the NFC East getting in if we're not careful. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think that'd be, you know, just speaks to the weirdness of of this season. So I, I do think the Chargers sneak into the playoffs as the seventh seed this year. Um, you know, I, I think the Bengals are are pretty clearly a step ahead of them, but uh I just think that AFC East is gonna beat up on each other and uh knock themselves out a little bit of it. So um guess we'll see. Chargers obviously have to get a win tomorrow for that to happen yeah uh, a bunch of people asking us about the draft haven't really looked into much of it uh i haven't even watched like any key players so um you know we'll get to that when the time is appropriate i i yeah i i've watched this is the least college football i've ever watched um <laughs> i've just watched like one game a week and it's usually the fun one so yeah uh, a wants to know what is the key to our defensive success tomorrow? Um, you know, I, I said this earlier, I think you have to heat up Kyler Murray. Yeah, I, I think you have to force him to get under pressure, um, you know, prove that he's healthy or not. And, and ideally force him into some, some errant throws and get some turnovers or even just one turnover would be nice. So I think you got to heat up Kyler Murray tomorrow to, to really get after it on defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Chargers did a pretty decent job against the Chiefs in terms of getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes until later in that game where it just became like the defense was just really gassed. I mean, you have Sebastian Joseph Day and like all those guys really tired at the end because of the structure. I mean, in this defense and the fact that they're missing uh, a lot of guys on the interior too. Um, but yeah, like to me, this has to be a Khalil Mack game, has to be a Kyle Van Noy game, right? If you're looking for him to get a couple pressures here or there. Um, I, I think this is a pass rush game through and through considering the state of the Cardinals offensive line. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, Joe Cruz, appreciate the, uh, super sticker. I don't know if there was a, a question attached to that, but, uh, if there is, feel free to, uh, respond back there. Um, Kobe wants to know if the Chargers do sneak into the playoffs, who would you prefer for them to play round one? I don't think there's necessarily like a great matchup out there. I mean, I feel like they would play the most competitive game against the Chiefs just because that's yeah. how that matchup has always been. But like if they have to travel to Buffalo, like I would not feel good about that, especially in January. If they have to travel to Miami, I, I wouldn't really feel good about that either. So I think you almost have to say 
the Chiefs or the Titans, I guess. Yeah, I'll say Chiefs. Um, Titans are another one in theory because we've seen the Chargers, even with teams like the Browns um, or even the Falcons, who like ran on them like really hard, um, but they were able to kind of sustain it just because like their quarterbacks like made a mistake. Ryan Tannehill, like not necessarily the most perfect quarterback in that regard. Um, I'll, I would say Chiefs just because of the familiarity there. And every time the Chargers play the Chiefs, it's no more than like a three-point game, really. So um, in that standpoint, uh, I think it's absolutely the Chiefs. And that probably is maybe the likely, or I think the Chiefs are the one seed. So I guess they need another Dolphins win and Chiefs loss for that to be a possibility in the first round. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely the Chiefs. I guess second, I would say the Dolphins just because it wouldn't be Baltimore or Buffalo at that point, because I don't see the Chargers going into like a cold weather environment like that. Did it a couple of years ago in 2018. Um, I, I just, I have a tough time seeing this defense sticking with like this version of Lamar Jackson uh, for a whole game. If we're already yeah. talking about Kyler Murray on a hamstring, potentially getting us on a couple runs, like that's a whole nother world right there. Right, right. Uh, lots of playoff questions today. Do you think a playoff win would save Tom Telesco's job? There was also another question earlier by somebody I, I can't remember who it was about Tom Telesco not getting enough blame, mm. which I think is is pretty wrong. I feel like everybody kind of blames Tom yeah. Telesco sufficiently at this point. Um, but I've said this before. I think if this team does get to the playoffs, I think largely the brain trust will be back next year. Yeah, I, I think so as well. If they do get a playoff win in this hypothetical question. Telesco's job security is really hard to evaluate because if the Chargers kind of were going to fire him, they would have done it when they also fired Anthony Lynn, right. um, in my opinion. And then they let him go out and make these big extensions and big moves, right? They allowed him to go trade for Cleo Mack. And then, you know, uh, on top of that, uh, restructure his deal, right? Using a future cap space, they allowed him to go sign JC Jackson to, you know, five-year deal. They allowed him to make all of these like future moves with future money. Um, so on one hand, like, yes, if you just look at like two playoff wins in 10 years, like, yeah, Tom Telesco should theoretically be on the hot seat. But at the same time, like the way that they've operated, particularly this year and how aggressive they've been kind of makes you feel like Telesco's not on the hot seat with how they let him operate. And I think if he really was, they probably would have sent him out the door with Anthony Lynn as well. And I know Thomas, I know people will point out he's not under contract next year. I don't know if that's as big of a deal as people make it out to be. Um, I don't know. Like that one could kind of go either way. But I, I think that with the way that they let Tom Telesco invest the resources of building this roster, I, I don't know if he's on the hot seat per se. Yeah. And like you pointed out on, on Twitter today, like the, the large portion of this Chargers core is all yeah. locked in for the next three, four years. So yeah. um, obviously there are some decisions that they could make that could change that. Right. But it's not like this team needs a, a complete roster overhaul. You mm -hmm. know, Tom Telesco largely has done uh, a good enough job of accumulating the roster. Obviously he has his quirks. We all wish he were more aggressive in mid season, but um, you know, I, I think this roster is in good enough shape that, if they make it to the playoffs, if they win a playoff game, like I said, I think the the brain trust will be back. Um, I think the most likely outcome at this point, in my opinion, is that they make a playoffs. They make the playoffs as a seven seed. They probably lose that wild card game, make some tweaks in the coaching staff at the assistant level. Maybe they make a coordinator change. 
but Telesco, Brandon Staley are back and essentially, you know, proving on a prove it status in 2023. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this, you know, there's a lot of Sean Payton talk, obviously, but whether he wants a job this year or he wants a job next year, like, I think that'll be a big part uh, of this as well, depending sure. on what the Chargers are willing to move there. Um, but yeah, obviously a lot of that just depends on how they finish the season with both Staley, you know, and Telesco's, you know, fates in the air, if you want to put it that way as well. Um, there are absolutely things that I think Telesco could do better. I mean, I don't, I don't know if any of us are really staunch Tom Telesco fans. Like, yeah, absolutely. He could be drafting better this team's depth and their practice squad decisions and who they elevate. Like we, we kind of crap on them like every week on this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, at, at this point, I think that they've been comfortable with Tom Telesco using the resources to build their roster. And that's just sort of what it is at this point. So I, I hesitate to put him on the hot seat, regardless of whether or not he should be just based on um, how the Chargers have acted. And it kind of reminds me of the position that uh, maybe a, a GM like Howie Roseman was like in 2020, where, you know, it felt like this these, this Chargers team and that Eagles team were maybe in a similar position for different reasons um, in terms of their mediocrity. But now, you know, the Eagles make the change of quarterback, the change of coach. They're in the position they're in and they, you know, use the resources to go build that roster. And maybe the same thing still happens with the Chargers. Um, if they decide to make a coaching change, if they decide to make a roster change here or there, um, you know, I, I do think there are some parallels there, but I even though I think he should be on the hot seat, I don't know if he actually is. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at as well. You know, obviously the the record is what it is at this point with Tom Telesco, but I, I think the the whole thing that Staley kind of sold at the beginning was that him and Tom Telesco were going to be, you know, lock and step and that they were going to be collaborating at, you know, the best possible level. And so, you know, this ownership group, firmly believed in Brandon Staley's vision for this team. And part of that was Tom Telesco too. So it does kind of feel like Telesco and Staley are attached to the hip at this point. And me personally, I just, I, I can't see them giving up on Staley's vision this quickly. So I know everybody's kind of talking about firing the coaching staff and everybody, but um, I, I just don't think the way this organization operates is, is going to lend itself to making a coaching change, a GM change until after next season at the earliest in my opinion yeah another couple games and we might have different answers sure but if they if they lose the next two games too and then there's just some terrible right you know late season collapse then we'll probably have a different conversation right all right i'm not seeing any other big questions so we'll take a few more minutes here if you guys have any other final questions let us know um if not we'll uh head out for the day uh this is the time in the show where you do put your food questions in the chat uh, <laughs> we will answer uh, only the best of those and then like maybe a couple more questions so uh let us know uh nimbasabe asking about slater potentially returning we haven't gotten an update there recently um he's not in a sling anymore he's been at the chargers games recently so um that's been good to see um, if he does come back, can the Chargers find a way to keep Sawyer on the field? I think that the most likely thing would be for him to get back into a reserve role personally. Yeah. Um, I think they would roll still with Matt Filer, left guard, and Trey Pipkins at right tackle. Yeah, um, I, I think you have to probably keep him as a reserve. And then if Slater does come back this year, and then you're probably cutting Filer 
you know, at this year to save cap. And then you can probably probably try to fit in Salier into one of those um, interior roles, particularly uh, at left guard next to Slater. I mean, I think that is like the vision for this team going forward. Yeah. Um, would love to find a way to keep him on the team this year, but don't don't think they do it in the event that Slater comes back, which, you know, is still up in the air. Yeah. And obviously you have not heard much of an update recently on Joey Bosa. So that's going to be another one that we're going to be waiting for. Um, Mike Davis playing tomorrow. Yes, he is. Um, Brandon Staley said that he had a knee injury, but it's not considered anything major. Uh, Thomas Martinez wanted to know if we had funeral potatoes at Thanksgiving. No, it's not really a Thanksgiving thing in Utah. And I'm also here in California. So, uh, the, the Bowman's here, which is my in-laws, they don't, they don't really know what funeral potatoes are. It's very much a Utah thing. Yeah. I did not have funeral potatoes. I had uh, Mexican food and vodka. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that was an interesting mix. Uh, my bed sheets also think that that was an interesting mix. Shit. Uh, <laughs> did not go. Had to toss a couple of them. Got to my system. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So wow. did not have funeral potatoes. Short of the story. Oh my gosh. Wow, there you go. A little insight to Alex's sleeping arrangement there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brandon Arias, do you think that the Chargers play K9 as a spy for the whole game? Uh, they don't really do that, so probably not. not. Certainly, they'll not. probably do it every once in a while, but you know, I also think like the spy conversation, like you can probably have a different player as, as their like whole game, but if you use K9 as a spy the whole game, then that gets kind of redundant and i mean the cardinals are going to pick up on that as well right so you have to be a little bit more discreet i think about how you do the spy thing i guess yeah um brennan straub talking about uh sean payton uh being a gm slash head coach so hypothetically if they did hire sean payton i don't think he would technically be a gm as well he wouldn't have that tag they he would probably bring in one of his guys to be the pseudo gm but yes, Sean Payton would probably have a very large say in roster control at that point. I mean, I also wouldn't be surprised in the event where they keep Telesco as GM, but a figurehead GM, and then also bring Payton in. Like, I, sure. I also think that that's like a possibility. Because um, really, any scenario where you hire Sean Payton um, is, you know, he's he's the coach, he's the GM. It's it's it would be the effective. You know, Chargers equivalent of what the Raiders hiring John Gruden was uh, a couple of years ago in terms of that organizational structure. So, like, yeah, maybe you bring in a force like Mike Mayock or somebody like that that kind of like oversees everything, but the final calls would all go to Sean Payton. Yeah, I I, I can't imagine a world where somebody hires Sean Payton and he's not given like full roster control. That's just kind of where a coach like him. That's just kind of what what they usually do. So. I, I can imagine a world in which uh, people spelling Sean Payton's name the wrong name, uh, like this question, will also drive St- Stephen crazy, potentially for months on end. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then the other thing, obviously, is the compensation, which for uh, for Sean Payton, like Taylor King talks about. So mm-hmm. uh, if you read Saints blogs, they're, they think that the Saints are going to get like a King's ransom for Sean Payton. I don't think that that will be the case, but I think you probably have to, talk about uh, a 2023 first round pick and then maybe like a third round 2024 pick. And I think you send some cash their way and that probably gets the deal done. Yeah. And I mean, 
the thing is the Saints aren't really in a position of leverage here too because they also right. gave up their first round pick. Um, right. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal the situation. Um, obviously, I think considering the quarterback situation there, like going forward, any draft capital that they can get would be seen like as a success because this is a team that is probably, I mean, has to kind of look at quarterback in the draft. Um, so, I mean, any capital that they can get going their way uh, would would be a step in the right direction for them. But then yeah. uh, Peyton could also theoretically wait out this year and then get out of a Saints contract, right? I yeah, think if he, he waits out this yep. year. So that's also a possibility there as well. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, I don't know. That depends on how Sean Payton wants to play things, if he's really desperate to come back this year or, you know, if he's willing to kind of wait out a year for the right opportunity, right, you know, draft capital and flexibility for teams, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so Thomas Martinez, uh, also pointed out that Matt money Smith said that he's hearing Bosa in two weeks. So, uh, I assume that would imply that he'd start practicing next week, which would obviously be, uh, great for, you know, this team's playoff chances. Uh, yeah. I mean, the sooner you can get Bosa back, the better, um, it would just, it would fix a lot of the pass rushing issues that they have right now. If you're just able to swap Bosa with Kyle Van Noy and like Kyle Van Noy kind of be in the role that he was, you know, before, um, the injury. So as a sort of quasi linebacker edge three, um, so yeah, I mean, it would solve, you know, some of the issues that the, you know, Khalil Mack has had from a pass rush standpoint in terms of like getting double all the time and obviously would make the Chargers run defense miles better. Yeah, uh, this team needs Joey Bosa back in the worst way possible. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it's putting Cleo Mack in a tough spot because he's not really a true number one anymore. And you know, they're asking Calvin Oy to be a true number two pass rusher, and they don't really have great interior rushers outside of Morgan Fox. So, uh, you know, it it just would take so much pressure off of everyone if Joey Bosa comes back. So, uh, very much excited to to see that happen. Uh, Brennan, <laughs> appreciate the good spirits here. The super sticker says, can't say I ever won the spelling bee. I understand like Sean Payton, Peyton Manning, we're all, we're in the same era, right? <laughs> so I understand this, this spelling error is uh, very understandable. And thanks for being a good sport about it. <laughs> all right, Alex, I think that's going to do it for us, man. So any, uh, final thoughts before we head out? Let's get a win over Arizona. Uh, if we lose to Cliff Kingsbury, I will be inconsolable. Uh, so <laughs> let's hope Bruin. Let's hope Tyler's COVID gets better. Let's just hope we are in the right direction. Yeah, hopefully Tyler gets some good news on his test. He said it's scheduled for 11. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, and uh, it would be really nice to do a show after a win again. Uh, that'd be really uh, fantastic. Miss for us, doing so. those. Yeah, I miss doing those. Um, so that being said, we'll be going live tomorrow. We'll let you guys know exactly what time. Um, you'll know, we'll probably end up doing it right after the game in between Sunday Night Football. So um, we'll see what it is. But I think we all feel pretty good about this game, at least you know those of us on the podcast. So obviously the Chargers have to go out and do it. But I am expecting a good game from the offense, and I think that uh, ultimately is enough for tomorrow. So uh, appreciate everybody tuning in today. Appreciate all the super stickers, uh, all the good questions. You guys are the best. Obviously, you know, we couldn't be able to do this kind of uh, show without you guys supporting the show. And so I uh, really appreciate all of your support. So we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Obviously, bolt up.